welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. I want to begin by sharing a short story that is a true story that happened in my life. And this is connecting to our word today, uh, to this message. And the topic is stand firm on God's word. Stand firm on God's word. I think in 1992, I had my first uh, a holiday job. And we did what they call peace rate. So they gave you, you were being given wages as per your output. And I remember our supervisor, he went, it was a banana plantation. He went and gave allocation to all of us. When he gave the allocation, he assigned all of us to our various tasks and then he left. He told us that he will be coming back to inspect the work. Well, it so happened that the weather was so bad, it, 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 it stormed that day so bad. And you know when it's about to rain, this heavy storm, how the place will be very dark, wind will be passing and, and all the scary stuff, wind branches will be moving and all those things. So it, it scared me a lot. It scared me. And the guys, our team, the guys that we were working together, well, they were afraid and then they talked to each other and then they left. Well, I said I will stay and do what, you know, do my own piece of job. And then I wait for the supervisor. Well, guess what? The storm prolonged to a level that I could not longer bear. I could not stand again to wait anymore. So because I was left alone, places were dark. I became so scared. And then I also, like the other friends, I abandoned the work. And then I left and followed them. Okay. What happened was later on that day, the supervisor came. When he came on the field, he met nobody. But one thing he could remember was he knew that different, he knew where each and every one of us was standing. So based on our output, he gave us, he paid us for the little piece of work that we had done. Of course, you know that such a small work also requires a very tiny little pay, which we are not happy with it. And I say this story to plug into our lesson today that stand firm on God's word. There is a little bit of uh, 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 argument about Second Peter, who actually wrote this book. Some theologians they say, well, it was not written by Peter, and they gave all excuses, but this was written actually by Peter. So as we see in the first verse that has been read, uh, in that chapter 3, chapter, uh, verse 1 of chapter 3, Peter wrote to, he wrote to the church. Now, in chapter 1 in, uh, uh, of this passage, it tells us, 1 Peter chapter 1, it tells us that Peter actually wrote this to the Christians who were in diaspora all over the place. And so it is likely that this second letter that he's writing, it is still pertaining to such people, which also we are also inclusive. So he wrote in verse 1, he says that, Dear friends, this is now the second letter I have written to you. In both letters, I want to stir up your sincere understanding by the way of reminder. Let us pray. Dear Father God, you gave us this word for a reason. To guide us. To teach us. To train us. To direct us. This word given to us, they are your words. 
Father, may you bless this word this evening and may they make meaning to our souls, to our spirit, to our own understanding. And give us, O oh God, the power, O oh God, to stand on this word and to live by it, to glorify your name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I want us to repeat this verse, Psalms 119, verse 11. It says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Okay? You repeat after me. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Very, very important. If we don't know the word of God, the world that we are living today, you will be talked out of the truth. Unfortunately, today there is just something, there is an adulteration of the truth by people who don't know anything about Christianity, who don't know about the word. We have a lot of false preachers today. There is just a proliferation of preachers today. They call themselves apostles. They, 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 they baptize themselves with all kinds of names that befits them. They call themselves apostles. Some call themselves uh, uh, bishops and all those names. And, you know, they comport, they carry themselves to a way that, you know, whatever they do, they, they, they lure people in their, their wrongful teachings and, and, and diverse people's mind from the true teaching of the word of God. And the most caring thing is, I don't know how people allow themselves to be so easily brainwashed from the truth. That is people who have known the truth, as we are going to see in this passage. So it is important for every child of God to know the truth. That is why, as a Christian, you, the Bible actually is our authority, not man. Not man. The Bible is our authority. That is why it is important that anytime as a Christian we come to church, hold your Bible. If anybody wants to talk to you about Christianity, about God, let them hold the Bible. Because we can only understand if, as you are preaching and you are quoting those verses, we, we reason together. Because if we don't do this... If we don't do this, some of these people are so well trained and they are eloquent in their presentation to the point where they can easily talk you out of the truth. Now, Peter, actually, there is a concern that is going on. And that is why he wrote this second letter. This second letter he wrote to remind them. He says that, dear friends, he calls them dear friends because he, he, he loved them. He cherished them. He said, dear friends, this is now the second letter I have written to you. In both letters, I want to stir up your sincere understanding by the way of reminder. So, there is something that is going on. As a matter of fact, the book of Peter, Peter wrote this to address some false teaching that was going on. The book of Peter was written so that where some wrongful doctrines crawling into the, into the church. And so he was cautioning the Christians, listen, that wherever you are, listen, this is your way of life. Hold on to the truth. Don't listen to all those false preachers and those false doctrines that is going on. Look on to the word of God and stand on it and live by it as the Holy Spirit guides and directs you. Don't anything short of the word of God, that is not the truth. That is why the book of Peter was written. It's like there is, after some time, the people were becoming compromised and complacent to doctrines that were not correct, to teachings that were not correct. So the second letter, he writes them to remind them again of the truth that has been taught unto them. And that is why it is important. Christ says in his word, meditate on the word of God day and night. Meditate on this word day and night. So Peter referred to this episode as a second letter he had written to his readers 
the first which being first Peter. In both letters, Peter reminded his audience not to forget the teachings they had received through the prophets and apostles. The teaching which Peter spoke, including accepting Christ's return, which had been rejected by the false teachers. So therefore, there was this group of people, we'll see them, they call them scoffers. This group of people who were rejecting, they, don't, they did not believe that Christ would come again. They did not believe that Christ would come to them. That was just a sham. To them, that was just a waste of time. To them, there is, there is no reason for Christians to be waiting, you know, that you're waiting on the Lord. To them, that was a sham. So, Paul, Peter wrote this to tell the Christian that, listen, look unto the word of God and don't look, listen to what people say. Now, when we go down to verse 3 and 4, he says, no, verse 2, he says that, so that they recall, so that you recall the words probably spoken by the holy prophets and command of our Lord and Savior, given through your apostles. Now, listen to verse 3, he says, above all, be aware of this. Be aware of this. When somebody, it's just like us parents, we tell our children, be careful, be aware the kind of friends that you work with, the kind of things that you watch on TV, the kind of places that you go, be careful. It's like giving a warning. When you hear be aware, it therefore means that there is an imminent danger if you are not careful. There is an imminent danger if you are not careful. So he told them, he said, be aware of this. In that verse 3, he says that be aware of this. He says, scoffers will come in the last days, scoffing and following their own evil desires. Listen, church, it is not only in the last days. When he spoke about this and said the last days, it applied even that time when he wrote this book and today and even tomorrow until Christ tarries. There are scoffers who are out there who are deceiving people, who are talking people their own doctrine. And Peter says, because of their evil desires. Peter warned his reader that scoffers will come in the last days. Now, who is a scoffer? Who is a scoffer? Well, I looked the meaning of scoffer through Google. <laughs> this is what Google says about scoffer. Google tells me that a scoffer is someone who laughs and speaks about a person or idea in a way that shows that they think that person or idea is stupid or silly. And it fits into a lesson. So someone who laughs at you that either your idea or what you think is foolish and it is silly. That is what scoffers they do. They mock at you. Now, I don't know about you, but I have been mocked at as a child of God, as a Christian. I remember when I gave my life to Christ, my very best friend in school, when I told him that, I said, Simon, listen, no more. I'm a different person. You know what he told me? He said, well, Christianity is for those old people who have enjoyed their lives and have become old. Then now they are serving God. They are doing that Christian thing. So you are still very young. Why would you throw your life away, waste your life away from enjoying and, and you want to live like those old people? He was coughing and laughing at my belief, right? That's what scoffers do. Scoffers, they will tell you, you have been praying and praying to God. Where is that your God that you have been praying and trusting him for this particular thing? Where is he? Where is that your God? You have been trusting God for marriage. You have been trusting God for a child. You have been trusting God for a job. You have been trusting God for this or that or that. They will laugh at you. Don't waste your time. Where is he? And the governor says, ever since our forefathers, they were living, we're still talking about the return of this Jesus Christ. So don't waste your time about his return. This is what they were saying. Don't waste your time about his return. And uh, in verse 5, 
in verse 4, this is what the scoffers say. That where is his coming that he promised? Ever since our ancestors fell asleep, all things continue as they have been since the beginning of creation. And this is verse, verse 5. It says that they deliberately overlook this. So when, when, when these scoffers, when they mocked at believers, okay, one thing they overlooked was the word of God, how the word of God talked about creation. They forgot to know that this world that is in existence today, the Lord spoke them out to being. The Lord spoke it into being. They forget about the things that have been mentioned here in the world. They forget about that God still does answer prayers. They forget about that God has the power he can do and undo and nobody can stop him. They forget about that because they, are they, are, they have evil desires. My encouragement to us is this. Listen, if you are trusting God for whatever the situation may be, please look unto the Lord and don't listen to what people say. Because people can easily talk you out of something that you are trusting and believing God for. If you are serving God, I want to, I want to really serve God right, please follow what God says in his word. Because if you depend on your trust on man, as a matter of fact, Jeremiah chapter, I think verse 15, 7 says, that curse to anyone who put his trust in man. And then you go to verse 7, it says, that, but blessed is he who put his trust in the Lord. So the scoffers, they will come, they will mock at you, they will laugh at you, did you are God. Some say these church people. One friend told me one time, that this church, what are you trying to show? We, we who used to be, we used to be Christian. I have been, before you were, I was. So what are you trying to tell me now? Oh, let me enjoy my life. This is what they will do. And unfortunately, today, many of our young people, they are falling to this deceit. Many Christians are falling away. They, they are apostatizing from the truth. But Christians, we are reminded to hold on to the word of God. The word of God is yea and amen. Hold on to the word of God. Because God's word, it is real. It is real. Don't give up. Don't let any so-called uh, apostle, you know, they, give their, they like to give their name big, big names, or preach, or, 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 or bishop, or whoever, to tell you that Christ will not come. He will come. Jesus will come. So scoffers, they were on the scene in Peter's day. They will also be present today and in the future. The scoffers mocked Christ's return because many years had passed and it had not yet occurred. I heard some, uh, uh, there is a lady who really shared this to me. She said, can you imagine that? She has been trusting the Lord to get married. And one of her friends who also happened to be a Christian, in quote, told her that, how long are you still going to be waiting? The husband is not coming. Just go and get you a child. You are getting old, getting past age. Just go and have a baby with somebody. <laughs> Can you imagine that? And unfortunately, some people who are weak in the faith, who don't hold on to the Lord, they might give in to such wrongful, wrongful doctrines. The scoffers, they are here. It, it, it's, 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 it's sad to say this, but we have scoffers even in our churches today. They'll say, are you, why are you praying so much? Are you... Are you why are you trying to prove? Why are you going to church every day? Are you Jesus Christ? Why, why, why are you giving your money to church? Some Christians say that. Things are not hard. Inflation is going up. You tight? Why? Those are scoffers. They are also in churches today, unfortunately. Because Peter says that they will even be in future. 
You know, the devil never comes and stands and presents himself to anybody and says, I'm a devil. The devil uses those around, those close by, those loved ones. So there are scoffers out there. And then when we go to verse 5 to 7, verse 5 uh, to 7, he says this. He said, they deliberately overlooked this by the word of God. The heavens came into being long ago, and the earth was brought about from, uh, from water and true water. So this is what the heretics, they call them heretics, they argue. They argue that the world is unchanging. They argue that it will remain the same like it is now. So Christ will not come back, nothing will change, that there will be no judgment, Christ will not come. They also argue that the Lord will not return. According to them, you know, when you die, it is, it is finished. And that's why they do whatever they want because, and they fool people and deceive people uh, because all they do, they are just walking like they are architect of the devil, try to uh, expand the devil's cause. Let me remind us, stand firm on the word of God, brothers and sisters. When we stand firm on the word of God, you see, the truth is the truth. The Bible says that you shall, what? You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. When we hold on to the word of God, it will set us free from all these wrongful doctrines because that is the truth. There is no half truth. There is no three-quarter truth. There is no 99% truth. A truth is just a simple truth. When we know the truth and hold on to the truth, it will be difficult by God's spirit in us. It will be difficult to be talked out of that truth because that truth is life and that is God's word. So to counter this charge, Peter took his readers thought back to creation to show them that the world had not always been orderly and that the source of the world's order was God. We know from creation. Genesis tells us, listen, God created everything. He created everything. Peter also reminded his readers in verse 6 of the great floods that took place in Noah's day when the earth was destroyed. And I love to read that verse 6. And this is what it says. Verse 6, Peter says in verse 6, it says that, through this, the world of that time perished when it was flooded. So he took them, he made his readers to understand, listen, remember during the days of Noah, when the Lord allowed Noah to build an ark, and we are told that Noah, during this time, he invited other people to, to join him. The same scoffers were existing in those days, mocking at Noah, laughing at him, and Noah did not give up because he knew the truth. Noah stood firm on the word. He obeyed God because he knew the truth. Noah and some few members on, and his family, they, they stood their ground and they built the ark. And we know that after when Noah finished building the ark, of course we know that God opened the heavens and cut the ground loose and, and water was just oozing out. They know that and then there was a flood. And we know that that generation was completely wiped out because of their stubbornness and because of their rebellion. Had it been Noah listened to them, what could have happened? Had it been Noah also listened and said that no, what they were saying was correct. So therefore what I'm trying to say here is that listen, just like in the days of Noah, it's going to be even in our days today. A time is coming when, when everything will, will pause and all of us will stand in front of the Lord to give an account. But again, as, let's move forward to hear what Peter says because that day that we are looking for, nobody knows. And let's see what verse 7 says. In verse 7, Peter said, by the same word, the present heavens and earth are stored up for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Well, good news. <laughs> no more flood. But this time, fire. I think fire is, is worse than flood. 
A time is coming when all these ungodly people, a time is coming when all these scoffers, a time is coming when all these people who mock at Christians, who kill Christians, all these people who, who give all these wrong doctrines and talk people out of Christians, a time is coming where their place will be in the lake of fire. That is what Peter is saying. So therefore, what he's telling us, as he was telling the Christians in those days, he said, listen, hold on to the truth that you have been taught. Hold on to that truth. Don't let it go. That is the truth. Don't listen to all this, I call them spiritual scammers, who will come and they'll tell you what it is not. Project themselves to what they are not. As a matter of some even go to mediums and take powers and come say that when they talk now, they will hypnotize people and things that happen and they call them that they are children of God. That is fake. Please, hold on to the word of God. That's what Peter is saying. Hold on to God's own word. So God demonstrates his power and intervenes in judgment in a world that otherwise seems unchanging. By the same word, he will do it again when Christ returns. Let's go to verse 8. In verse 8, Peter tells them, as he told them, he also tells us, he says that, Dear friends, I like it again. The second time in this passage, in this passage, he says, Dear friends. The first one was in verse 1. He said, Dear friends. Now in verse 8, he says, Dear friends. Again, that shows how connected and how he loved them. He said, Don't overlook this one fact. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. So, what was he saying here? What he's saying here is that listen, time is not. Human time is not God's own time. God's own calendar is not human's own calendar. As a matter of fact, with God, 1,000 years is what? It's just like one day. And one day is one, like 1,000 years. So therefore, don't follow what they are saying. Christ is coming back. He is coming back. Don't listen to what they are saying. They are there just to deceive you. They are there to deceive you. They are doing the biddings of the father, the devil. Don't listen to them because God's own calendar is not like man's own calendar. You know, this applies to everything that we do, we do in life. We feel that, you know, time is passing. Oh, time is passing. There is no way I can do this. Time is passing. I'm getting old. I'm getting older. No, that is your own time and your own calendar. But God's own time and calendar is not like yours. Because Peter just told us here, he said, with God, a thousand years is like what? One day. If we can, I mean, if we are able to, if we, if we can spend some time to do some mathematics and crunch some figures here, you realize that we don't even understand what time is. We don't understand the meaning of time. So Peter says that don't listen to them. Peter noted that God views time differently than human beings do. Christ will return in accordance with the divine timetable, not ours. Did you hear that? Christ will return according to divine timetable and not ours. So brothers and sisters, whatsoever you are doing for the Lord, keep on doing, keep on moving, keep on forging ahead because Christ will come. Christ will come. He's on his way. He will come. Don't give up. Don't listen to them. And then let's go to verse 9. In verse 9, we are almost getting to the tail end very soon. In verse 9, he says that the Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. You know, it is even a bonus that Christ has not come yet. I say a bonus because God in his grace 
is giving some extended time for unbelievers to repent. That is why. That is why. So, never feel that you have waited for the Lord too much. Never feel that you have waited, you put in, you, you invested a lot of time to wait for the Lord. Because God is faithful. If he says he will do it, he will do it. And God is not man that he will lie. He's not man that will change his mind. Don't give up. Don't give up yet. Keep on trusting God. Because God's calendar is not human's calendar. God's timeline is not our timing. So God will do what he says he will do. And as Peter says, Christ will return in accordance with the divine timetable. With the divine timetable and not ours. So therefore, if it is a divine timetable, therefore, we should not fold our hands yet. Therefore, we should not fold our slips yet. Therefore, we should keep on and keep on going and keep on doing what we are doing for the Lord. Because as he says, Christ will come according to God's timetable. And this applies to anything that you are trusting God for. Don't give up. Don't give up until the Lord says so. Don't give up. Keep on trusting the Lord. Because his time is not our time. And lastly, let's go to verse 10. And then he says in verse 10, he says that, well, he says verse 10, the Lord does not delay this promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any of you to perish, but to come to repentance. And lastly, verse 10 says that, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, the elements will burn and be dissolved, and the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. So he is coming like a thief. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. As a matter of fact, Christ has even told his disciples many times, he says that only the Father knows. Only the Father knows. But the truth is that he will come. He will come. So don't relent your effort. God's patience towards sinners is not inexhaustible. The day of the Lord will be sudden and will catch many people unprepared. One preacher preached one time and said, are you ready? And I want to borrow that and ask us this evening. Are you ready for his coming? Because the thing is that he's going to come, whether we like it or not. We don't know, but he's coming. Are you ready? Are you ready for his coming? Are we ready for his coming? He is coming. So please, my plea for us this evening is that we should hold on to God's word. One good friend of mine, he's of late, he told us this. I learned this from him. He says that every human being, any level-headed thinking person, you should have one thing that you hold on to so strong that is valuable unto you. Because if there is nothing that you have that is so valuable unto you that you hold very strong, then anybody can talk you into anything and you become a trash. And that is a wise saying in that. And I believe that to us Christians, the word of God should be that thing that is valuable, which we have to hold on to it very, very strongly. Especially in times like this, where there are so many false preachers and scoffers out there who are just devouring the body of believers, who are just going to extra length to do whatever they want to do just to come and destroy the body of Christ. The word of God is very powerful. The word of God, this is our weapon. This is our number one weapon. Hold on to this. You remember in Jesus' temptation in the desert, he held on to this. Do you know one thing? Jesus knew the scripture very well. The devil also knows the scripture. 
he will try to add slight some few things to modify and to change it. And that is what he's going to do. That's what covers are going to do. But Jesus stood his ground. He held the scripture so strongly. And he made his declaration only from the scripture. And the scripture the way it is. So therefore, we should emulate the example of Jesus Christ by holding very strong on God's own word. If you don't hold on to this, don't study it very well, then the scoffers, they are very, very sneaky, very smart. They know how to. That's why today we have all versions of Bible translation. Today there is a Bible that does not have a gender. <laughs> wow. He's coming. He's coming. Uh, I, just want to add, I just want to end here this evening by just bringing some highlights from this, uh, uh, from this text, this, this, this passage. There are three things that I, I want to mention which I would love that they, they project it if they can. The first thing is that the word of God is yea and amen. What God says shall surely come to pass. Second Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. The word of God is here, amen. Whatever God says is surely going to come to pass. So hold on to the word of God. The second point is that God is not man that he would lie. Or God is not man that he should lie. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19. God will not tell us that Jesus Christ is coming and then, uh, at, and then at some point he changed his mind. No. His word is here and amen. And lastly, meditate on God's word day and night for you shall not be deceived. When we meditate on God's word day and night and hold on to the truth, we shall not be deceived because the truth will be in us. The Bible says we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. My prayer is that if you have not taken the study of the word of God, I think this is time to take it more seriously. Spend time to study that word. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide and direct you so that when you study the word of God and you go out, that these scoffers come and try to talk you out of the belief about Jesus' coming, you tell them that you are wrong. You are one of those. A scoffer, get away from me because the Bible says that he is coming. Amen. I just want to be on our feet as we pray. I just want to, you know, give this opportunity. If there's anybody here who has not met Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, just give you this opportunity to come and pray for you and show you how you will receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So I want to ask that if there's anybody here who you've, you don't know how to study the Word of God, you don't know how to study the Bible, and you've never really been studying the Bible as you ought to have been doing, and you want us to pray God's grace upon your life and so that the Holy Spirit directs you on, on how to study the word of God, please come and we'll pray for you. Is there anybody? Or oh, is there anybody who would love to join the church? Okay. Before we pray, I just want to make this announcement. Next week we have the last African service uh, for the year. And as I was talking with the pastor, he says that we're going to have dessert at least. That there should be uh, something to put to eat. So, because I was telling him, I, I was trying to make some concern to him that there are some two ladies, if I have to disclose this today, they might crucify me that, what is the time? But pastor said, um, there will be dessert. So, uh, we're inviting everybody on next Thursday. Please come, we'll have some good dessert. And then also invite 
other people. We'll pass this announcement in church on, on, on that day. Uh, maybe on Wednesday also. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Let us pray. Dear Father God, we want to thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for your word, Holy Spirit, for speaking and making this very clear unto us. Father, we pray that may you give us that power, oh God. Give us that, that passion for your word. That we'll spend time, invest time to feed of your word. Because when we feed of your word, Heavenly Father, we'll be equipped not only to stand on the truth, but also to quickly identify false prophets. I will not give them audience for whatever doctrine they want to bring to us. We just want to thank you for this session. We pray, God, for next Sunday that, Father, may you will bless that service as we have uh, the, the combined the church uh, praise team and, and the African worship team sing together. We pray that, God, it will be an event for your own glory. just want to thank you so much this evening that you take us to our home safely and bless our week and uh, give us a wonderful time uh, throughout this week, Lord. Thank you again, Father, for in Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen.